Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journeys, and how they manage their mental health along the way. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time. Hear from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist, host of this podcast, and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling. I specialize in maternal mental health, if you haven't guessed already. I'll share helpful tips and techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, as well as bring on other mamas so you can gain from their history, their stories, maybe some gems that you can apply to your motherhood journey. And of course, I also have on professionals in the maternal mental health space that might be able to offer additional techniques and resources to help you along the way. So Courtney, I would imagine that after having um, your first child and venturing out on your journey with your second, that there have been some different dynamic changes within your marriage as well. Could you share with us some helpful techniques that you think that you have learned with your spouse in parenting, but specifically as it relates to you both coming possibly into parenting with different values, different upbringings, maybe expectations, and how you merge those differences in order to make it work? Absolutely. So uh, my husband and I, I uh, did come from very different um, background structures as far as our, our family dynamics. Uh, he was raised by his grandmother and I was raised by both of my uh, parents. And the way in which uh, my parents and his grandmother did things, they were similar, but not um, all exclusively. Like I would say that my parents, because they were very young, they had um, a little bit more of a modern understanding of how they wanted their children to be disciplined and, and they were very, very um, different in how they discipline each one of us. So um, myself, to to use an example, I could easily be redirected by having a conversation. Um, my parents didn't have to do any type of physical discipline. They t- typically could just tell me what they expected of me. And that was enough for me to make changes in my behavior. My husband, on the other hand, his grandmother was a little bit more old school and she was she would use uh, physical discipline to correct behavior, no matter how severe it was. So we learned very early on that those were things that we did not want to introduce into how we discipline our son. Um. We went through several iterations of what we felt was uh, uh, appropriate Um, because discipline looks very different from mom versus dad in our household. Uh, For me, by nature, I am a nurturer. I want to sit down and find out what happened and address the situation um, and then go through consequences of what of the decisions that were made. My husband being a little bit different, he his expectations are a little bit higher of what my son should be doing. Not that my expectations are not high. It's just a dad and son's relationship is very different from mom and son's relationship. So my husband um, 
it'd be very stern in how he talks to our son, uh, raising his voice a little to get him to understand the expectation. I see my son responds well to that. So not saying that that is not appropriate. Sometimes you do have to raise your voice a little bit to get the attention of your child. So it took me a while because I've never been a fan of raising the voice. Um, my dad did that with me um, as a child and it would make me shut down. Um, and I've noticed that that's not something that my son does. My son responds well to it. And he typically changes the behavior as a result of my husband um, raising his voice to get him to understand what the difference is in us having the normal conversations versus, hey, we need to change that behavior because it's not working in our favor. So me and my husband, we've talked about it and, and gotten on the same page. I've shared with him my past experiences with how my upbringing and things that worked for me and didn't work. And he did the same. And we concluded that we were going to introduce things that we felt that were uh, necessary for how we interacted with our son. Um, especially when we noticed that he was having, having behavior problems um, at daycare and they were getting to the point where he was acting out um, aggressively and I know last year during the pandemic was where I saw it the most. Um, we, I had taken him out of daycare at the start of the pandemic and had him at home with me while I was working. And by July, um, I had started transitioning back into work and was working a few days into the, in the office. And my son was coming back, um, was going to daycare. And it wasn't a smooth transition. And he was having a very rough time with daycare and I ended up pulling him out of day that particular daycare altogether switching locations he started out doing really well in a new environment and then the behavior picked back up again so my husband and I had an, another conversation of something that we both never experienced as kids was therapy and I come from a social work background as well and understood the necessity and the benefits of therapy, especially for, for children that young. Um, he was four years old at the time, and we were both doing research trying to figure out, like, where do we even get this therapy at in a pandemic? Um, what is going to be beneficial to him? Is there anybody that's doing any face-to-face? Because we think that'll be the most beneficial to him uh, getting back into some normalcy for daycare because it was just such a drastic change even the way in which they were having them line up and um, transition to different activities it was not the same and there was no way for me to actually prepare him for that experience uh, because I didn't know what was going on so we talked about therapy and I found a really great program that was providing uh, one-on-one in-person therapy to children and after going in and, and having the initial a session with the um, the, the therapist, there were two therapists in, in the room, uh, we discovered that they, they wanted to do a social behavioral um, therapy uh, program with him. For about three months, he would go for once a week. And they were, uh, they set up an environment like it was a classroom for him to feel like he was at daycare and they went through uh, basically the, the the same activities that he would do in his own classroom. They did the morning announcements and go over the, the days of the week and the weather and um, sit down at circle time and listen to a story and things of that nature, things that he was having a hard time being able to sit still and focus on because he wanted attention. Um, and we, as a, a, 
a unit, my husband and I realized how beneficial that was to him. And I would take him every week and come back home and we would uh, follow up and discuss and implement some of the techniques that they had introduced to us uh, to use at home to help him with being able to self-regulate his emotions because he would get very, very upset if let's say he's playing with another student and they take a toy from him and he doesn't know how to respond in that situation. So he'll take it back or he'll hit the other child. And because the observation of the incident isn't full, fully there the entire time is usually caught at the dead end. And is usually when Aiden's doing something. So he's getting in trouble. And now if he would have expressed himself using his words and uh, or taking a moment to think about how he was going to respond to the situation, maybe it would have been a better outcome. So the therapy sessions helped to work on those self-regulation techniques for him. And they introduced a, a fidget toy for him to be able to use to get him to calm down in moments where he's getting stressed out. Um, they helped to make a calming jar where he put glitter and um, water and he can uh, flip it up and upside down and when it the glitter shifts to the bottom then that means that he's taking deep breaths all the way through that process it's just little things that I didn't even think about that were so helpful for him he just needed some some stimulants to help him calm down something as simple as rubbing his back he absolutely loves that that gets that that touch helps him to self regulate so um we learned very early on that therapy was beneficial for him um and that helped us with our disciplinary practices so we are now implementing practices where uh we don't have to do physical um physical discipline we are pulling him to the side and talking about okay can you tell me what you did and why you think it wasn't wasn't the right thing to do as opposed to me telling you you know you're not supposed to do that or xyz if a teacher tells me that something happens in the classroom aiden has to come to i asked aiden to explain it like what happened instead of me saying well your teacher said this and this mm-hmm. is what I, what happened and yeah. uh you're not supposed to do that you know mommy and dad isn't like that do you know what you did do you know why i was wrong do you think that was a good thing to do yeah. instead of it being me telling you that it's wrong you have to be able to to determine what your actions are. And it's just getting him in that process of thinking futuristically about the decisions that he's making. Like, how does this impact me overall? So we end up taking away things that he enjoys. He loves his tablet. He loves playing on Roblox. Okay. Do you think these behaviors that you show allow you to be able to get on your tablet today? And he'll be honest and he'll say no. I'm not supposed, I don't think I should be able to get on my tablet or no, this isn't something that somebody who wants to watch TV today gets to do. So getting him to that, that stage of being able to self-correct and acknowledge when he has made a mistake and recognizing that, th- that he just made some poor choices that day. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my husband have been very, very like, it's truly been a, a team effort. Um, and working through this process. And, and I think that's something that we have great synergy on is how we interact with him and have conversations with him about his behavior. Because he's a very active boy um, and behavior has not always been his strong suit. Um, he is extremely intelligent. And I'm not saying that because I'm his mom. It's just that he he's very interested in a lot of things. He's a very artsy individual um, and free spirit. And when he's not challenged, he becomes bored and then he acts out and he's an extroverted little person. So he loves people. He loves talking. So if you don't have enough for him to do, he's going to respond by finding something to do on his own. If you can't keep him preoccupied, he's going to keep you preoccupied. So the 
knowing that we um, try to approach dis- discipline a lot different now because we know that sometimes he just he just didn't think it through. So let's talk about what you could have done to think it through better for the next time. Um, and honestly, he's been responding. The older he gets, definitely maturing and um, understanding and, and having some level of guilt about not making good good choices and that's something that he's discovered on his own is i'm not trying to make him feel guilty or anything like that um we just understand that uh with time it's just taking him a a few steps at a time to grow and understand like i am responsible for the choices that i make i am responsible for whatever consequences come about because of those choices so if i make good choices then i get good consequences so when he knowing that he can say that himself now lets us know that we have been doing what we're supposed to be doing and that therapy um really helped us to get on the same page about how how we work with him moving forward yeah you know i really can appreciate the fact that you um are taking into consideration both of you all's upbringing, yourself Mm -hmm. and your husband, and deciding amongst yourself whether or not even your background or your Mm -hmm. childhood and upbringing or your husband's is something that makes sense for your family in this moment. And I think sometimes when we become parents, we tend to default back to how we were raised. But we know with time, with more information, with education, Mm -hmm. as science grows and literature is out there, we know that there are better ways for us to improve the things that we once have experienced. And so I can really appreciate the fact that you brought that to our attention. I can also appreciate the fact that you have um, been transparent in letting us know and validating and affirming another mom and parent who might be listening that if your child needs a resource that is outside of you and your husband or you and your partner, it is okay to access that resource. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes we don't always feel that way. We feel as though we failed or we're weak or we're like, oh my goodness, like I'm not worthy of being a parent because I can't manage these things on my own. Mm-hmm. But truth of the matter is sometimes we do need extra help. And right. that does not mean that you're not a good parent or that Absolutely you aren't capable not. of getting to the place. I love the fact that you said these are the many different skills that we picked up on as parents through therapy, through doing your own research, that is an acquired skill, right? Like those are (laughs) things that you're putting into your toolbox Mm -hmm. and it literally screams that you are capable and that you can do these things. So I really appreciate that. The last thing that I wanted to say about this is that, um, I too am taking this very mindful approach with regard to parenting. And I think that sometimes people and specifically maybe family or friends look at the way that you parent differently and think that it may be the wrong way to parent. Absolutely. And so when we talk about setting up boundaries, like we talked about in our first episode together, it's so incredibly important to remember that boundaries can exist in multiple areas of your life. And parenting Mm -hmm. sometimes is one of the main Mm -hmm. ways to express that like, hey, what worked before maybe is not working now and it's ever changing, right? It's dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I just want to be able to say that and to encourage listeners that if you do feel like you have family or friends who are like you got your kid in therapy or if they make comments about like whoa like you're not you know 
doing spankings or other mm-hmm. things. What works for you works for you. And understanding exactly. that that's okay if it looks different from the next person. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that, Courtney. No problem. I wanted to hear about what you've noticed about yourself um, now that you have children. And so a lot of times we, once we have kids or we know someone who has children, we sometimes think of that person as that role as opposed to an individual. So like, who is Courtney now that she has had these life experiences? I would say that I am a, I'm more of a visionary now because being a mom has really uh, provided some, um, some futuristic thinking for me. Uh, Not that I wasn't thinking that way when I, before I was a mom, it's just, I feel like I'm a better planner and, um, that has that has really really worked in my favor uh and and things fall apart i can have a plan and it does not go that way but because i put forth the effort and i, I had alternative uh solutions in place for if it did fall apart that helped as opposed to me just running and going um i can say with my first child it took some grooming and some practice and um, some getting it wrong, very a, a lot, a whole lot before I got to a place where uh, I understood, okay, I need to be a little bit more routine about how I'm doing things. I think we talked about um, how uh, sleep was something that I did not do great with and how I was bringing certain stuff home and working on it. And I had to cut that out and set boundaries. And um, I think being a visionary about what I, what plans I have for my, my family, um, whether it be for our uh, our finances or for their education. Um, I think we have done a really great job. I use Aiden, for example, when we initially enrolled him in daycare, um, we did not consider a, a lot of things that we probably should have when it comes to identifying childcare. And I did not like the daycare that we initially had him in and did not realize how much I didn't like it until I witnessed something that I was not crazy about with a, another parent at the daycare and, and how she was treating the children that the, she had a set of twins. Um, and I, I sat back and watched what happened. And I said, am I really sending my son to a daycare that's like this? And the staff are sitting back and watching this. And I also thought about like, is my son getting enough outdoor time? And all of these things were coming into play. And I said, we have to reconsider our childcare because we want to set up our son and now our daughter uh, for success when it comes to their education. We want them to feel safe in their environment. We want them to be receiving positive um, interactions and information um, from the staff and the other people that they're seeing there. So we did a lot of research regarding daycare. So I feel like I'm just a little bit more in tune with my environment and my expectations of things that I want for my kids now. And also thinking about myself, I've, I've become a lot more um, interested in um and just education. And I know it's really crazy because I'm already is more uh, coincidental. I'm in nonprofit working with youth and the level of interest that I have in education has heightened because I've had kids, because I know the dispositions that a lot of the kids that I serve, they're from low income communities and they don't have the resources that I necessarily can provide to my kids. That makes me even more 
keen to what it is that I want to provide to my children, as well as what access I know I need to advocate for, for the kids that I serve. And in doing that, I'm I'm better understanding the the work that has to be done on my end to uh, support literacy efforts and um, encouraging kids to uh, make sure that they're getting um, the necessary minutes of reading every night. So just little things like that. I I'm, feel like I have a, a what is it, um, another eye, a third eye to what it is that I want to have happen, not only with the kids that um, are in my household, but in other households, because we are a part of their village and our responsibility to them is, is significant um, in how we prepare them for their future. So just being a visionary across the board, I think, um, is something that is very different for me now um, on the other side, being a mom. Yeah, yeah. I love that, Courtney. Thank you so much for um, encouraging us to remember that you know, what we do within our um, journey of motherhood is very, and I'm going to use your word, futuristic, in mm-hmm. that um, there is a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into it and mm-hmm. bringing awareness to the fact that um, for the most part, I would say that we we do these things fairly often, but also giving yourself some grace if, like you mentioned earlier, if you have to start over, if you have mm-hmm. to change, or if you have to make um, a different expectation right. um, or intention. So I really appreciate that. I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think you would tell Courtney um, before she had children? Now that you have children, what do you think you would tell her? I would tell my younger self that it's okay to not know everything right now. I, that would be my my advice or my feedback to my younger self. And the reason why is because Courtney before kids thought she had it all figured out and all planned out and all together. And when the world would come crashing down, she would come crashing down with it. And being a mom, I have learned to roll with the punches and recognize that it is not going to go um, according to plan every day and that it's okay for it not to go that way. I'm just having grace with myself. Um, I, thinking about just simple things. Sometimes we allow uh, minor setbacks in the day to define the entire day. And I have become a little bit more mindful that it's okay. And I I have to tell myself like, Courtney, that was one thing that happened today. (laughs) You will be okay. Um, Think about all of the other great things, like the sun is out today or there's, it's not raining or you have some shade you can sit in if you want to go sit outside or you have enough gas in your tank to get to where you need to go, or just trying to recognize gratitude in those moments where you want to fall apart. Yeah. Um, my son started camp uh, on Monday, uh, excuse me, he went back to uh, daycare um, after being out for a couple of weeks uh, after we had our daughter. And that was the first time that I had driven again after having a C-section. And the first time that I had driven around with both my son and my daughter in the car. And you think that's a minor thing. You're just taking your son to daycare. That was probably the one of the scariest moments that I had. I kept reflecting on it over that the time that I was out. Like, okay, make sure you have the stroller. Make sure you have the diaper bag. Make sure you have diapers in the diaper bag. Make sure you have bottles. Make sure you have this, that. Make sure your son has everything that he needs. Make sure seatbelts are on. And I noticed that. Um, I couldn't get the stroller to come open when I got to the daycare and 
I felt myself sweating profusely. It's like somebody's watching me because I can't get this right. My son is rushing me. My baby is crying. Like I'm having a, a mental meltdown at the moment. And then I just say, you know what? She is small enough where I can carry her in my arms. I have a blanket. I'm just going to take her into the daycare. And we're going to drop our son, my son off and I'm going to bring her back to the car. and Everything's going to be okay. Like I had to be mindful in a matter of a, a second because I had so many factors that I had to make a decision about in, in such a short a period of time where me having a meltdown was not um, going to be uh, satisfying to anybody. None, nothing was going to get accomplished in that moment. So for me to use that as a moment to define the day as a bad day was not ideal. Courtney before that probably would have um, before parent before kids would have had a meltdown if the slightest thing was off track in the day. Um, I remember getting upset if I got caught by the train on the way to work. It's just, it's just, you weren't supposed to be there at that time. You'll be okay. So just, just being able to, uh, that would definitely be some advice that I would give myself. Just be patient, find something else that makes you happy in that moment and things will fall into place. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's encouragement for me as well. I have a toddler and mm-hmm. days are stressful, Courtney. Yes. So, <laughs> so that that is my reminder. The other thing that I got from that, um, which I talk a lot about with clients in my private practice is the beauty of an alternative. Mm-hmm. Man, if we take that automatic thought of like, now everything is ruined. I missed the train and <laughs> nothing is going to go right for the rest of the day. Like if we take that automatic thought and run with it, mm-hmm. yeah, we will only see the most catastrophic thing, the worst case scenario. Right. But if we extend to ourselves permission to see an alternative, you will get to see other things that move you closer to your intention or, or your goal. Absolutely. So I think that that's the beautiful message that I also mm-hmm. received from your gym that you just dropped um, is to create space for other alternatives for your day mm-hmm. to turn around, create space for you to be able to feel something other than the frustration that you feel in this moment. So I appreciate right. that, Courtney. No problem. Um, the last thing that I want to ask you before we wrap up part two is um, whether or not you think that your journey and motherhood has created more opportunities for you to pour into yourself. So with self-care, and if there are types of self-care that you intentionally do, could you share with us what they look like? That is a a really great question. I'm glad you bring it up because that was something that I struggled with in my first, um, having my first child is taking time for myself and feeling like I had to ask permission to do so. And my husband would say like, just go, don't, think that you have the permission to leave the house to go do things by yourself. So I had to get into a, a mentality of, okay, Courtney, treat yourself, go do something that you enjoy or go do things that you need to do because your body needs it. Like working out and uh, talking to somebody, venting just to get things off of your chest. Sometimes I would hold things in if they were bothering me instead of talking to someone. So some practices that I would, would definitely encourage for others is learn to enjoy your alone time. Um, I go out to eat by myself. I will go to my favorite sushi restaurant and sit down for an hour, hour and a half, eat my food, people watch, and maybe I'll call a friend and I'll talk to them while I'm sitting down and eating. Um, 
I take advantage of opportunities to be by myself because you can get caught up in doing for others and forgetting to pour into yourself. Um, and the way in which I pour into myself is spending some time with myself, even a shower. I, I love hot showers. And when my husband gets home from work, that's something that I look forward to. It's like, hey, after you shower and eat, I'm going to take a shower. And I might be in there for a while because I just, I need that alone time. So, and people don't recognize how important it is. Cleaning your body is so refreshing. It feels like you are waking up again. And sometimes that's all it takes. I could be drained and worn out and I have to go take a shower and I feel like a brand new person and I can go take care of some household chores after doing that because I feel a whole lot better. So those are things I enjoy. I love going to get pedicures. Um, I enjoy that time alone. And I also make sure that I am um, putting things in my body that uh, will help regulate my my attitude and my um, my mental state. Because sometimes you, as a mom, especially when you have multiples, uh, you are always on the go and you're constantly getting fast food and junk food and just trying to get something to get you over to the next meal and recognizing that. And I don't do this perfectly all the time. I don't want anybody to think so. Um, sometimes just having an apple that day and applauding yourself for getting that apple in that day um, is so important. And that's a, a good form of self-care. Um, I like to to write um, I use the notes in my cell phone. I have an iPhone. I, if I ever have a moment where I'm feeling discouraged or I need to get something off my chest and I don't have access to someone to talk to immediately, I get in, on my phone and I, I type up everything that I'm thinking. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be grammatically correct. Just get it all out. Word dump. Um, and that typically helps me. Um, and I can, it's almost like I'm pouring out whatever it is that's bothering me and I can leave it on that notepad and I don't have to uh, feel bad anymore. It's out. It's gone. It's not in my system anymore. That's uh, a metaphorical way to look at it is I'm just pouring out whatever it is that's bothering me. And then once it's out of my system, I don't have to, I don't have to think about it anymore. So those are some of the practices that I, practices that I have um, put into my, my regular routine. I go to the grocery store by myself something else that I enjoy doing. And some people think that is, is very silly. That's a chore for Courtney. That is some of the greatest relief is being able to drive to the grocery store and feel like a human being, um, and be able to have a moment to, uh, not be seen as just mom or just as a wife or even as an employee. Like I just get to go out and, and be a person and, I I enjoy those things. I can't say speak for anybody else, but those things help me in being able to uh, take care of myself and come back home and be the best version of myself for everybody. Yay! Courtney, <laughs> a lot of those things that you mentioned are definitely things that I do as well. And uh-huh. I agree, like being able to have that time for yourself is incredibly important because as a mom, we typically are on the go typically Mm -hmm. on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And so I can appreciate um, even some of the things that I don't do that you mentioned that maybe I can look into and explore whether or not those are good fits for me also. Mm -hmm. So I am thrilled to have had you on for two episodes. So (laughs) that is exciting. And 
Um, May and Courtney, you are always welcome to come back and share insights and to let us know updates on, you know, how things are going. I know that baby Serena, you know, is newly on this earth. And so if there is ever, for whatever reason, a time that you'd like to come on and share again, just new gems for us, please feel free to know that this is your space as well. And so... Yeah, I thank you so much again, Courtney. Thank you, Crystal. It has truly been a pleasure. And I am hopeful that other people will get an opportunity to use some of this information too and that it works in their favor. Thank you again. Yeah, you take care, Courtney. Alrighty. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. As always, it's important for me to note that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapists, psychiatrists, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.